Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. What we've been talking about is this. We've been talking about church. Why are we talking about church? Most of us have a concept of what church is. And for most of us, I'll just be flat out honest with you, church is just simply an option. It's one of the many options of what we might be able to do on a Sunday. Because if something else comes up, if the weather's bad, maybe I'll go. Or if the weather's too bad, maybe I won't go because who wants to drive in that? Or if something else is coming up, or maybe that's a better day to do this, that, or another, we'd look at church as simply just an option. And the reason why is because we have a wrong concept of what church is. Because we see church as simply just, to be honest with you, as just a service. A time of music and preaching. And we don't really have a true concept of what church is, the need for church. And that's why we've done this series. This series is basically to help you to understand that church is more than just a service. Church is family. Church is what it brings to your life. And we've looked at several areas already. We've looked at the whole issue of a commitment to God's Word. That you need God's Word in your life because you need to get through the week. Last week we looked at the need for intimate relationships. You need each other to encourage each other to do what's right and to do good. This week we're going to look and see that the third area of commitment, and we see this in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, is that they broke bread together. Now, what does that mean, broke bread together? Did they enjoy a meal together? Well, they enjoyed the Lord's table together, which brings us to the reality of Christ-centered worship. That's what we're going to talk about today, is worship. Now, here's the problem. The problem is, is that for most Christians, we're confused when it comes to the issue of worship. We have confusion. Two things I want to point out to you here. Number one, many Christians have a wrong concept of worship. What do you mean, George, to have a wrong concept of worship? Isn't worship the music time, George? Isn't worship the feeling we get? And you hear Christians who say that, oh, I just love the worship there. Or, I just, I, I didn't really like it there because I just didn't feel it. What are you talking about? You didn't feel it. Folks, you know, have you ever been to a rock concert? I've been to a rock concert. I really feel a lot of things in a concert. Worship is not, I mean, you mean you, you can worship because I got those spine tingly feelings? See, most Christians have a wrong concept. And because you have a wrong concept, it becomes an option then. Well, you know, I don't really need to go to worship today. Have you said that? My week's rough today. I don't, I don't need to go. Because you have a wrong concept of what worship is. In fact, we have in churches today the worship wars. You ever been in a church that had a worship war? What's a worship war, George? Well, here's what a worship war is. It's, it's where you have some folks who say, we should liven up the music a little bit. No, no, we should stay traditional. And, and you got fighting and fussing going on about the music. All of that is wrong concepts, and that affects, are you ready for this, that affects your whole concept of what church is. Because if you see it just as a service, 
It just becomes an option. Here's the second thing I want you to see about the confusion. They view worship as something they receive or experience. Worship, a wrong concept of worship is, is that the confusion is, is that for many of us, we see worship as something that we get. It's the experience I felt. Like, for instance, just a couple of weeks ago, Brad and uh, Jim did that song about the, the name of Jesus. And, and that was a powerful song. If you were here a couple of Sundays ago, wasn't that awesome? Yeah, okay. Wow. You could, you could have, boy, the worship was great. No, the feeling the song brought to your heart was great. But that's not necessarily worship. Did you understand what I'm saying? That's not necessarily worship. Worship is not what you get. And so sometimes you'll hear people who say this. I meet people all the time. Hey, I thought you were going to such and such church. Yeah, but you know what? I just can't, I just don't feel the worship there anymore. So they quit going. Why? Because they didn't like the music. Or they didn't, didn't have the feeling anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? The feeling. Now, let's talk about feelings for a moment. Feelings are pretty fleeting. Have you noticed that? Do you know what I mean? Like if you have a rough night where you're not sleeping hardly at all, the kids are keeping you up, how are you feeling in the morning? Oh, I just feel wonderful, George. Yeah, right. Been there, done that, don't feel good. Do you know what I'm saying? Then there's a feeling you get after Thanksgiving dinner, right? That's a good feeling, right? But if you notice it disappears, we have this confusion where... We, 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 we got this wrong thoughts of what worship is and we view worship as something that we receive or experience. Now that, my folks, that's going to give us a problem when it comes to church. That's why our commitment levels to what church is are totally wrong. Because here's the thing, your concept of worship, if you have a wrong concept of worship, it's going to be okay not to be here. I can, I can hear the band next week. It affects us. It affects us. So what do we do about that, George? Well, I think what we need to do is look and see what true worship really is. And with that understanding of what true worship is, maybe understand why it's so important for you to come together as a church family, to come together as a church. Because the early church, they were committed to Christ-centered worship. They broke bread as they got together, worshiping at the table. Because to them, worship was not, are you ready for this, not what they received. Because what they received was salvation. And what they received drew them to worship. So let's talk about that. So we're going to look at it from a very well-known passage. We're not going to talk completely about this passage. It's Jesus' interaction with the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well. We're just going to take part of their conversation because we're going to see what Jesus says here about worship. It's kind of interesting. Look with me at verse 19. The woman asks Jesus a question. Now, the reason why she does that is, just for a little bit of background, Jesus says, woman, where's your husband? She says, I don't have a husband. And, and Jesus said, well, you, you've said rightly. You've been married several times, and the dude you're living with isn't your husband. And so she immediately, have you noticed that when things get uncomfortable, what do we do? Change the subject. And so she says, look at what she says. It's kind of ironic that she says this. Look with verse 19. She says this. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive you're a prophet. That's because Jesus knows about her life. So then she goes on 
And here's what she says. Look with me, verse 20. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither worship on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. Here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take these few verses. We're going to really divide it into two sections here. We're going to see what worship is not. From Jesus' interaction with the woman, we're going to see what worship is not. And then we're going to see what Jesus says about true worship. And say, okay, George, we're going to see what worship is not. We're going to see what true worship is. What does that have to do with church? That's what this whole series is about, isn't it, George? What does that have to do about my commitment level to church? Well, let me just go ahead and explain to you what it is. Your interest and desire to come here on a Sunday morning is going to be affected by your whole concept of what worship is. Do you hear me? Because if you have a wrong concept of worship, if you view it as a spectator thing, as something that you experience or receive on your own, I'm going to almost guarantee you, you're going to enter into a mindset at some point where you're going to say, wake up one Sunday morning or one morning or one day or whatever, and there's something at the church, and you're going to say, well, you know what? I don't need to go today. I don't need to go today because I don't need to get it today. It's okay if I don't have that time today. Because you're expecting to receive something. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it's okay to come to church expecting to receive something. But folks, church is not about receiving. Do you want to write that down? Church is not about receiving. Church is about giving. We already talked about that with relationships, right? We talked about that last week. That church, one of the most important commitments that you can have for coming to church is the intimate relationships that you develop with other people because you're wanting to give in their lives so that they're stirred on to what? Good works. Spiritual growth. The same thing is true if you're coming here with a concept of worship as something that you receive. It's just going to become an option to you about whether or not you can show up. So that's what we got to see what worship is not. Jesus flat out is going to show us what worship is not. And we're going to see what true worship is. And why we need to come together as a family, as a group of believers. Why we need to do that. So let's look at what it's not. Look with me. Verse 19 through 21. Look at verse 20. Here's her question. She's a Samaritan. you got to understand the Samaritans had their own temple. It was in Samaria. Because the Jews didn't want to have anything to do with them because they weren't pure. They had their own temple, their own, their own priests and so forth. And so they worshipped a concept of God there. It was not necessarily a true concept of God. And the Jews worshipped in the Jerusalem. So of course she's going to ask Jesus a question. Where should we be worshipping? Look at what she says here. Our fathers worship on this mountain and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Look at what Jesus says. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. Here's what I want you to see. 
Worship is not a place or an event. First thing you've got to grasp, if you're going to truly understand what worship is, you need to understand what worship is not. And the thing that you need to understand about what it's not is this. Worship is not the place. It's not this building. How many of you remember years ago when you weren't allowed to even eat or drink anything in the sanctuary because that was the house of God? Remember that? As you're sipping on your coffee this morning with your flavored creamer? It's okay because that it, this is not the worship. It's not the event, folks. Worship is not the service. Well, didn't we just sing songs to Jesus? Yes. But that's not necessarily worship. Because you could sing all the songs you want and still not worship. Do you understand what I'm saying? You could sing all the songs you want. We could sing your favorite hymns. It could be traditional. It could be totally radical. And it still not be worship. It's not where you go, what church you're in, how you dress. That's not worship. Understand that. So when you talk about the church and the service, it's not the issue of worship. That's not worship. Here's what else he says. Look with me at verse 22. You worship what you do not know. What's he saying to her? Your worship is based on ignorance, lady. You're going and worshiping at Samaria at your temple, bringing an offering to God, making sacrifices, and you don't even know what you're worshiping. Here's what I want you to see, what worship is not. Worship does not happen in ignorance. Worship does not happen in ignorance. You can't have, listen to me, you can't have a week where you've had a whole week where you haven't thought about God at all, you've not prayed at all, you've not done anything with God all week, and then all of a sudden show up and get into the feeling and sing a song and say, wow, I'm worshiping you, Lord. But how many people do that? Worship is not done in ignorance of God in your life. Do you understand? And so many people, that's the whole concept of showing up and, quote, worshiping Jesus, because we got the music. That's not what church is. Church is something so much more. In fact, you know what I told you? I, you know, I've got a lot of degrees, and a lot of them are in church growth and learning how to build a church and pastor a church. And, and for years, I remember when we were in Canada, uh, you, you want to talk about I'm so thankful for our music here because I remember what we used to have when we were in Canada. In Canada, we had an organ. That was it. And I remember we had these guys come, these Baptist leaders come in, and, and, and they would, they would, and I'd have them come in to speak at our little church, and, and, and they would say to me, George, you got to do something about the music. If you do something about the music, that'll bring the people in. And I remember, yeah, we got to do something. And I'd be so defeated. God, why aren't you giving us some good music so that we can worship you? I remember being beat up about that. Hey, we got great music now. we got a great praise team here. But that's not necessarily building the church, have you noticed? Because that's not what draws people to church. What draws people to church is Jesus and the reality of Jesus in lives. Because worship is, does not happen in ignorance, folks. It doesn't happen in ignorance. And for many of us, we just come, and that's why we get up in the morning and we're like, well, I don't necessarily think I need to go this week. Because we exist in ignorance. 
So you say, okay, George, it's, it's not an event, it's not a place, it can't happen in a vacuum, it can't happen in ignorance. So what is it? Look at what he says. Look at what he says, folks. Look at verse 22, last part there. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Okay, so let's talk about what is worship. I'm going to point out to you true worship. I'm going to point out four things to you. Here's the first one. It's interesting. Jesus ties worship with salvation. Look at what he says, verse 22. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. What's he talking about here? Well, here's what he's doing. True worship comes as a response to salvation. You hear me? True worship comes as a response to salvation. Did you understand? Your response to God of worship comes because of you responding to the salvation that he gave you. Do you understand? That's why it can't happen in ignorance. When you come and you worship, you're giving to God and you're giving to him in response to what he's done for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? To the salvation that he's done for you, for the forgiveness. So, okay, let's talk about it. Let's be real. How's your week been? Did you have a good week? Well, I'm glad some of you did. Some of you are like, I don't know. A lot of you are like, I don't know. Hey, did you mess up this week? Feel bad about it? Yeah, reality, isn't it? How do you feel about knowing that he forgives? That he died for you on the cross to take care of your sin. And he did it for you without you even asking. In spite of you. Yeah, that's right. How does that make you feel? When you think about what he endured for you and the forgiveness that you have and the cleansing and the removal of shame and guilt, how does that make you feel? Are you glad about that? What kind of, what kind of response does that bring from you? See, the response of worship, are you listening to the response of worship is in, is in response to the salvation he's given you. The acceptance. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, let's bring it down to a human level. Have you ever had somebody help you out of a very tight situation? Maybe even save your life, either physically or figuratively. And they bailed you out. And after they bailed you out, you were like, man, if it wasn't for them, I would be gone. You know what I'm talking about? How do you feel towards that person? Would you do anything for that person? You better believe it. You'd lay whatever on the line for them because they were there for you. And the response from you, every time you bring them up, what comes out of your mouth? Man, there is nobody that's any better than them. They're great. Man, they were there for me. You know what I'm talking about? That, my folks, is worship. You, who do you mean, George? We're not supposed to worship. Yeah, but you do, don't you? You worship the person who was there for you. In a way. See, that's what Jesus is saying here. You don't know what you're worshiping because you don't truly understand the salvation you have. Folks, 
when you come to church and you gather with people, worship is not what you get. Worship is what you give because you're here because He saved you. Do you know what I'm saying? Because He He brought life to you. He forgave you. He covered the mess you made this week. And you did make a mess. And don't act like He didn't know. He already knows about it. True worship comes as a, re- as a response to salvation. That's the first thing I want you to see about true worship. Here's what else he says. Look at what he says. Worship is not received. Rather, it is given to God the Father. Worship is not received, but it is given to God the Father. Look at what it says, verse 23. But the hour is coming, and now is, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. It's not about, how does that fit with us coming here to church? You come to church, if you're coming to church, you're coming to be encouraged in your Christian walk, to have those intimate relationships. You're coming to hear God's Word. But you're also coming to worship together as a group of people who are responding to God because of the salvation they have. They're coming together to give God worship. Do you understand what I'm saying? To give Him glory. To give Him thanks. Because not just because He gave you salvation, but He helped you out this week. He provided for you this week. He took care of you this week. You're breathing this week. Did you understand what I'm saying? And so when you worship, your heart is filled with love and gratitude to the one who did all for you. See, worship isn't about singing. Because here's the thing. It's, it's about what's in my heart. It's okay. We talked about Brad's song with Jim a couple weeks ago. Folks, the, what, what some of you... That, when you realized what Jesus was doing for you, you worshipped then. You were giving worship then because you realized through the song what Jesus did for you. And you were thanking Him. That's worship. Now, if you were just here, man, that made me feel good, that's not worship. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's about worship. It's not about what you get, it's about giving to the Father. So then, here, notice what he says. Where does it begin? True worship begins in the heart. He says this. Look at what he says here. When true worshipers worship the Father in spirit and truth, worship comes from your heart. You know, you can walk in here and sing songs and be thinking about the ball game later on. You can walk in here and sing songs and be thinking about your week. And mindlessly, have you noticed how we can sing a song and not remember what we sang about two minutes later? Somebody will say, man, that was a great song today. What song? Oh, you know that song we sang? Did we sing that song? Yeah, you were singing it. That's mindless, isn't it? Was that from your heart? No. True worship begins in the heart. It comes from a heart of gratitude and thankfulness for God. True worship begins in the heart. Here's the other thing, final thing I want you to see. Look at what he says there. When true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit 
and truth. It's about the heart. So what does that mean? Final point here. Form and location are meaningless to true worship. Form and location are meaningless to worship. So what does that mean, George? Well, okay, let's say, hey, we enjoy our band, right? We enjoy the praise team, right? So if next week we had nothing but videos, would that be okay? Well, I don't know, George, man. I mean, I love drums and, man, wow, you know, and just, I, I, just a video? That's not worship. Did you hear what you just said? It's that wrong concept again. See, the form, whether it is contemporary or traditional, whether it's organ, high church, or gospel, southern gospel, that is meaningless. And you hear some people, oh, I couldn't go there because I couldn't worship there. You mean you can't give gratitude to God from your heart, period? Because that's what the issue is. It's not the place. What matters is, is that Jesus said true worshipers will worship the Father in what? Spirit and truth. Form and location are meaningless to true worship. So you say, okay, George, so that's what it is. What, what has that got to do about being a part of a church? What has that got to do? Because this is one of the commitments we need to have. What does it mean? Well, all right, let's sum it up here. If you have a concept of worship is simply just music, then it's going to affect your commitment level as to whether or not you come to church. Because you view church as simply just the worship service. So here's what happens. Your involvement in church is going to be affected by, number one, your preferences. Do you know what I mean? Your preferences. Because some of you have a certain preference for music, right? Have you noticed that we all all agree, if we were all to get in our vehicles right now, every one of you would have your radio station tuned to a different station. Have you noticed? Some of you would be the same station, because we only have so many around here. But others of you, you don't even listen to the radio. You listen to your phone. And you're listening to your own thing. Because your music, your preference isn't even thought of around here. And here's what happens. If it becomes your preference, you'll say, oh, you know, I'm not going to go this week because so-and-so is not going to be there and I really like hearing him play and I don't really like the other guy. Or, or I, Do you understand where our preferences can start affecting our commitment levels? Well, the band's been flat for the last three weeks. I don't think I need to go. But the reality is this. We, we begin to look at it as optional. And it comes from a wrong concept. But here, if you have a right concept of church as being the gathering of God's people where we come together to encourage each other and to receive God's word, and I come, and while I'm here, my heart is overflowing with worship towards him because what he did for me, ultimately through salvation, and not just that, what he's doing in my life throughout the week, then it changes your whole concept of why you're here. Do you understand? That's why worship has to be one of the commitments. So I'll I'll just be flat out honest with you. One of the big things, I've seen it before, I've heard it, is we've got to have perfection in our services. We've got to have perfection. If somebody messes up, we've got to get on them because we've got to have perfection. No, we don't. Because worship comes from what? The heart. So we need to be real, right? 
Because we're giving it to who? God. So really, it's not about whether or not you think it's great, is it? Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.